Alrighty, and we're recording. So tonight's guest is Akil Kadir of Citizen Safety Academy. Ak, thanks a bunch for coming on today, man. I could do no less, brother. Come on, you know how we go. We, like we say it back in the we 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 cling and hang like wet draws, man. We good. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. <laughs> so, man, um, to introduce you, Dad Gum, you're doing a lot of great things right now. So, you know, creator and founder of Citizen Safety Academy, chief instructor. Um, you're also, uh, I think you are, um, you teach a lot of uh, NRA and USCCA instructor, uh, instructor certification courses, doing a lot of work with the National African American Gun Association, um, doing a lot of work with Range Master. You're teaching Range Master courses and giving Range Master certificates. You're the chief RSO at the Range Master Tactical Conference. Did I leave anything out? <laughs> I, that, that's enough. <laughs> that's a whole lot, man. I, I know what you left out. I'm, I'm a, uh, I'm a uh, lifetime student. I'm a senior student. So that's incredible. Yeah. That's so. Um, there's a there's a meaning behind Citizen Safety Academy, right? Yes. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit more about what that name means to you? Yeah. Um, the uh, did some research in the background of my family and found out that uh, you know I hired a genealogist actually, a young lady who works on my my genealogy tree and. She's been able to trace my family back to the early 1800s here. Well, actually some genes, you know, our genes have been here in some form, fashion since the early 1800s. And I think we're working on taking it back into the 1700s. And uh, as I reflected on it, um, I was born in, in the late 60s, 1969. And it hit me that sitting there talking to my granddad when he was uh, in hospice, he was about to pass when we were just talking. And he, uh, he was born in Louisville, Georgia, and he left the South to move to Buffalo, New York, where I was born and raised. And I asked him why he left. And he said, uh, Jim Crow. Um, and he was a war II veteran. Um, he was a, um, he was one of the, one of the first world war two black world war two veterans given a 100% disability because he was a hero, you know, and he had done some pretty marvelous things over there. Um, fighting overseas, fighting against racism, you know, and, and only to come home and, yeah, and have to leave his hometown for that very thing. And so it, be, it became clear to me that I'm thinking about it with the civil rights bill of 1965 and I was born just a few years later, I am the first man in my line um, that has that has full citizenship rights, was born with full citizenship rights throughout the United States of America. You know, one of the reasons why my granddad left, um, he was a gun guy. One of the reasons why he left was he said, you know, the oppression and, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, not being able to vote and stuff like that. So I, um, I, you know, now that we have this, I sometimes want to make sure that people, I mean, I'm dedicated to making sure that um, me and all Americans, all Americans retain those citizenship rights, you know, because um, if you're not careful, they can, they can go away. We are a, um, we as a people know what that's like to have them not be there because we weren't always chattel slaves. I mean, that, you know, we went from being indentured servants like everybody else to child slavery. And my study of history, and I'm still studying, shows that one of the first things they did to do that was restrict us from weapons, you know, because it is hard to enslave and oppress people who are who have an ability to defend themselves and and, you know, create their own ways and self-determination. And so um, 
that's what I'm dedicated to. That's what I'm, you know, I'm passionate about. And um, oppression comes in many ways. It's not just, you know, government oppression, you know, because I mean, slavery in America would not have been able, would not have been possible without, you know, the support of the United States government. That's just the truth. Um, but also, you know, oppression of the criminal element, um, which is something that my dad taught me, you know, he was a gun guy. And when it wasn't, you know, in a place that it wasn't easy to do at a time that it wasn't easy to do given his skin color. And, you know, and, and there was a lot that he went through to be able to introduce me to that, you know? Um, and so, uh, that's what I'm dedicated to. Um, I'm, I, I had great parents. And so I don't think that I have the right to do anything, but continue that good that they started. You know, when I talk to my family and my friends about, you know, second amendment rights, uh, there's this undertone that it, you know, that it wasn't particularly written for us. And they still kind of feel that today, almost like it's wrong for them. Like they feel in their heart of hearts that it's wrong for them to own firearms and that they shouldn't do it. Yeah. I mean, that was, you know, you can't do something for 400 years and then it goes away in 40. It takes a while, you know, and culturally speaking, you know, we have a surreptitious gun culture, you know, um, if your dad and your granddad, you know, weren't allowed to really have firearms like that, you know, or they felt like they couldn't, or they were taught that when they were young, then you're going to, you know, that's the house you're raised in. Now, hopefully we're changing that culture, you know, but it's going to take time. You can't do, like I said, you can't do it for 400 years and then expect it to just go away. So when people ask me, for example, I'll get, you know, really well-meaning, um, you know, gun stores or gun people will go to me, hey, I kill, how do I get, you know, more African-Americans in my classes or in the amount of, and the first thing I tell them is, well, do you have African-Americans in your marketing? Because if you don't, they're not going to come because they're not sure if they're welcome. And where did you and I get that from? You, when I say that, you nod your head because you know that feeling. You know what I'm saying? That we no. have to check neighborhoods. You know what I'm saying? We have to go places and see, okay. And things are changing, you know, for the better. I, and I've seen this in my lifetime, but, you know, it hasn't always been that way. And I remember, you know, as a young man, even trying to buy a home in Buffalo, that there was places that I wasn't comfortable buying a home, you know, because I wasn't sure that, you know, places that I didn't want my kids to go to. I mean, heck, when I was in the Buffalo Police Academy, all of the suburbs around the city of Buffalo, none of them had one black police officer, not one. Wow. You know, and so, you know, there's, there's a lot of, you know, and they're well-meaning people. And, and, you know, but sometimes, like I said, if, if things have been away for a certain period of time, for a long period of time, it just takes some time for things to change. Generations often change. So, yeah. So um, I think that uh, there's probably some media influences in there as well, not just towards us, but towards, you know, gun shops and gun ranges and stuff like that. I remember a lot of times when I walked into a gun range and I didn't always dress with polos, you know. Right. It's a lot of influence from John Hearn there, but, um, <laughs> you know, nowadays I try not to leave the house without a college shirt, but, um, but I used, you know, back in the day when, you know, I, I will, I would dress a little bit more like rugged, then, you know, I get treated that way. I walk, right. I walk into a, I walk into a gun range and people treat me like I was going to handle the gun, like Lil Wayne would handle a gun. Right. Right. So and, I don't know, and- it just kind of pushes me a little bit. Yeah. And some of that is, I mean, I've been training for a long time. I went to my first open enrollment class in, I think, 1998 or 1999. And I remember when I went up to the line to shoot a drill, 
Um, you know, everybody had to shoot a drill at one point. It was on some steel, you know, and I remember watching everything get quiet. <laughs> you know, it's feeling like everything, you know, it wasn't something I meant to, to notice, but I just noticed that all of a sudden everybody was kind of watching what I did, you know. And so, you know, I've tried to make a point since then to, you know, to, you know, dress how I dress and at the same time, you know, challenge people's stereotypes or, you know, or their, you know, their, their um, schemas about what and who and what people look like and what they are, you know, and, and hopefully make everybody more comfortable, you know, but you and I both know what that's like, you know, and, and a point that something just popped in my mind, a point you said, I don't believe the second amendment was written with us in mind. Second amendment didn't apply to us until the, the 13th, 14th and 15th amendments, you know, until after the civil war. Um, so there's a reason again, you know, why that is. And, uh, you know, but, you know, fortunately, you know, hey, you know, John Farnham just joined, you know, the North Act, the National African-American Gun Association. <laughs> he's the guy. That's so incredible. Said, yeah. And he's the guy who says, hey, you know, the Second Amendment is not going to be, you know, um, saved on or preserved on the backs of aging white men. And that's true. I mean, you know, we have to see what's coming in the future and we have to prepare for it. And if we don't, and, you know, me and Tiff, like our brought in the 2810, that's what it's about is, you know, letting guys know, hey, um, reminding guys we're on the island and we need to pull more people on. And so as opposed to going 40 or even 50 percent to meet people, we need to go 60 percent. And so I consider you and I, for example, ambassadors to this. I had the greatest compliment a man, one of the greatest compliment a man ever paid me. Shout out to Marcus Ziegler at Ziegler Defense. Um, and we did the, uh, he was nice enough to host us. The dude came to our first class and then he hosted us at a, at a second class. I got mad love for that dude. And he was like, man, I killed, I was not, I wasn't sure that I could even go to a range master class until I saw you and Tiff there. And that's what I want to do. You know what I'm saying? He's online because I remember, I, man, I, I go back to getting online with 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 firearm things since wreck guns, man. That's how far back I go, you know, pull bulletin boards and stuff like that. I've been into it for a long time, man. So and I know what it's like, man, to have looked at a class picture on a website and deliberately zoomed it out so I could see if there was any black people in there, man. You know, because like I said, you don't know, you know, and or going to classes and many classes that I've been where I'm the only brother there, you know what I'm saying? You know, or in a class where Ken Hackathorn, God, I love Ken Hackathorn, walked up to me and said, hey, brother, you know, how can I get more black people in my classes? Man? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So why don't I see more of you guys? You know, when I look on the news, it's happening in your neighborhoods. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, why don't I see more of you in my classes? And I'm going, man, Ken, that's a we could have a long talk over, you know, over, you know, can't say it yeah. right here. It's a lot to talk about. I've been thinking about it. But him saying that actually got me thinking and made me actually start to go research as opposed to just giving them anecdotal stuff that I thought off the top of my head. I said, man, let me go actually find out why. Yeah, it's I've been trying to figure that out as well. It's just it's not it's not a simple answer, you know, no, it's, no, it's no. going to be complex. Are. Simple answers don't work, man. You know, there's not they're not simple problems, you know. So, you know, we do the best we can, and and I'm happy. I am happy and fortunate that I am on the positive side. Things are getting better, and so I feel like it's my duty to take advantage of what we got going on now to further to further the culture. I think so too, Absolutely. because the gun culture is a wonderful culture, man. I mean, it's hard to explain to people who don't, and and they they see the the conservative trappings around it and they get a little nervous about it. And, and I tell them, yeah, you're going to run into a couple 
couple goofballs like you would anywhere. But, you know, but by and large, man, the gun culture was, was a wonderfully welcoming community. And, you know, I wish more. I found that out when I went in town in 1999 to uh, TDI and John Benner was was wonderfully gracious to me and let me come back as an adjunct instructor and stay under his house for, you know, when I would do that. And when I left, my friends thought I was crazy. I tell the story. It's true. I mean, Ice-T, you know, um, Surviving the Game movie was out, you know, so I'm going down here. My friends are like, man, you're going where to do what with who? Are you crazy? You know, and, <laughs> you know, they didn't think they was going to see me ever again, you know. Instead, <laughs> I came back going, hey, y'all got to come back. I had a ball, you know what I'm saying? And it took like one or two trips before one of my, my best friend actually trusted me enough to come back with me. And then he had a ball, you know what I'm saying? So, oh, man, it's that serious. That's awesome. That's always great. It's, it feels great to like, you know, bring friends. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yes, that's always excellent. So here in Memphis, uh, you know, um, the National African-American Gun Association, um, the Memphis chapter, like we've been we've been really tight. Uh, in fact, like the, my first guest on here was Howie Williams and he's the president. Yeah. So peace to Howie. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, we've just been we've been doing a lot to, you know, just kind of welcome folks in. Be like, hey, look, you're not alone, okay. And if you're looking for, if you're looking for good places to to learn and to be more proficient, then we could point you in the right direction, definitely. So, um, let's jump over just a little bit to, and I'm I'm sure we'll probably get back to this topic here in a little while, but it feels like a good place to segue over to Gateway Instruction. Um, I, you and Tiffany Johnson have just developed a uh, curriculum called Gateway Instruction. Like, is this the Gateway? What's the title of it again? The Gateway Instruction it's Gateway Instructor course? Certification Course. We actually took it from a development course and changed it to a certification course because people kept asking us, will I be certified? <laughs> and I know <laughs> it's not important to us, but it's important to some people, you know, and so we thought about it because we don't think that we're, who are we to certify anybody in anything? That's how me and Tiff approached it. But looking at the way Tom was doing it, we said, well, we're not giving them a you know curriculum per se or anything like that but we are just basically kind of vetting them and, and giving them some you know putting them in the right direction because gateway instruction is the largest part of our industry and it is also the most important by far part of our industry and unfortunately it's also one of the most neglected um and kathy jackson um changed my thinking on that when she penned um I can't remember if she told me that or if she wrote it down, but you know that, but she's also rich. She has written it down that um, the best instructors should teach the new people. And so me and Tiff were sitting there complaining one day about how bad, you know, a lot of the, the first instructors, a lot of people have are. And then I said, well, of course, really, we were complaining about the NRA, <laughs> the NRA <laughs> basis, of, course, of which I had been an instructor for them since 1992. And, um, but I had kind of gotten away from it and was like, ah, it's then all right, you know, I'm too good for that type of stuff. Then me and Tiff realized that there's a lot of people coming through that door, whether we do anything about it or not. So as opposed to sitting around complaining about it, hey, let's go do something about it. So we both became training counselors and we both, and then that's funny, as I went back and looked, became a training counselor, I began to realize that the NRA's curriculum and, and methodology is not bad. It's really good. It's just, it's not being used properly by people. And so we went back and if you look at it for what it really is, it's actually solid. And so we went back and decided to go back and start doing it. And so now we, in fact, we got one this weekend. We do about three or four times a year. We do a 
you know, NRA basic pistol instructor course um, and I mean, basic pistol course and instructor course together. And so that we can kind of set guys on the right path so that they are, you know, giving out the right information in the right way. And that's what's the part that sometimes gets left out is the way, you know, um, one of my best slide and, you know, tips, PowerPoint decks, everybody knows that our legend and the, the best slide and it came from her. She found that she created this slide that says, you know, it has Maya Angelou on there, which is wonderful. And then it has something that has her quote that people won't remember what you said. They won't remember what you did, but they were, they will remember how you made them feel. And we have to, we have to sh remind guys that in the beginning classes, it's all about the feels and, um, and remind guys, especially like guys like you and I, that they aren't you. And we forget sometimes where we started, you know, and I, I laughed when my first, the first gun I bought up for myself when I turned 21 and got my New York state permit was a Taurus, you know, with gold trigger and pearl grips. <laughs> <laughs> had to bring it out. Yeah, I love that thing, man. Yeah, you know, it's basically important to be sexy. You know what I'm saying? It's so, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, how do I laugh? You know, how do I laugh at those people? You know, and I, you know, now hopefully they grow. Sometimes they don't, but, you know, uh, another point that John Farnham said, you know, somebody asked him about those type of guns in classes was, you know, every time you see one, you know, um, thank God that we have the choice in this country to even buy a crappy gun, you know what I'm saying? Or to buy a good gun, you know, because there's places that that may be the only option you got, you know. So um, it's just reminding guys, you know, how to try to do the best. So we position ourselves at the door to the NRA as best we can. And we position ourselves at the door to USCCA for the same reason, you know. And then um, when Naga contacted us and asked us to help them out, you know, you know, we we couldn't say no. You know, what do you do? Hey, you know, it's it's bigger than us. It really is. Yeah. So that's that's a gap in my own knowledge that I have to acknowledge. I'm really really good at teaching shooters that already have some kind of basis. You know, like a lot of my my skill set leans heavily towards analysis and diagnostics, but I really need help and and just gateway instruction. You know, um, that's really just where I, where I need help. Um, it's funny because when we started doing it and we got into it, me and Tiff really began. It became clear there was a national instructor that I saw in the video one time, and he said basically he hated teaching newbies. And you know, it struck me for a while, and you know, I didn't let it bother me, you know, because I understand. Hey, if you you know, he doesn't like him, he doesn't like teaching them. But then after doing it for a while, me and Tiff realized that reason why a lot of guys don't like doing this because it's hard. It's not easy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, I mean, there's so much that we do that we've pushed over into our subconscious, you know, and if you really think about what goes into all those little movements or all those little techniques and everything of teaching somebody something that is completely unnatural you know shooting is shooting is not you know shooting is what do we say shooting is simple but it's not easy and the reason it's not easy is because you're fighting you know natural tendencies um and so we got to get somebody to do something that's completely unnatural hold some squirmy you know firecracker two feet from their face you know and and, and now on top of that, this thing that they're holding on, everything that they've seen in their life up to this point says that this thing is going to kill them and everybody around. 
I mean, you know, just yeah. think about what it takes to stand on a line next to a bunch of people with guns and just assume that none of them are going to point it at you. We those things we take for granted. I mean, we take a lot for granted. We've forgotten a lot. And we've gotten deep into this culture, and sometimes we forget what it's like to be new. And so that's why it's good to surround yourself with people like Tiff, who remembers distinctly what it was like walking into Rangemaster, terrified in the year 2000. And bless the stars and the heavens that she walked in there and ran into Tom Givens. It happens to be the kind of person that that likes a salty dog like him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And <laughs> and because and, imagine had she walked in there and got somebody else and walked out. Because um, she walked into the place looking to for arguments against you know to support gun control you know she hated guns and and you know now look where she is now and so we need more of that i think that's one thing that doesn't get acknowledged enough just the sheer amount of courage that it takes for some of these folks to even walk into a class you know right. like right. for us we take it for granted because you know like you in law enforcement me in the military we come from an environment where it's expected for us to train you know, or right. is expected for us to at least like get certifications and whatnot. Right. But, you know, for these folks, like there's no law and well, in a lot of places, I would say that there's no law telling them that they have to take any classes, even the permit class, right. you know, like here in Tennessee, it's permitless carry. Yep. So, yep. you know, just the fact that they decided to themselves, they had the emotional maturity to say, you know what, there's probably some things about this thing that, that I should really know. And I should get some training and, you know, to, to poo poo on that. Right. I don't know, man. Right. It seems like it's productive. Right. Or to, or to laugh at their gun or to give them a hard time and all this, especially now in the, in the, in the age of permitless carry, anybody who comes to my handgun care permit class, you know, cause we do a lot of, you know, we do a lot of development of gateway instructors, but we also teach a lot of gateway classes. So we keep, you know, keep that muscle flexed and and, and learn and keep and develop the craft and get better at it. Um, but anytime these guys now, since permitless carry hit Tennessee, when people show up in my classes, you know, I, I congratulate them. I thank them, you know, for coming and doing something that a whole thousands of people aren't doing. You know, Tennessee also has an has a you know, a concealed carry per only permit that all they have to do is take an hour and a half online class to get. And yet you mm -hmm. would still get people who would come out and sit eight hours with you. You know, um, first thing I do off the back is thank them and, and I ask them why they did it. And usually it's the kind of people that go, hey, yeah, you know, I think I need to know a little something about this thing. And, and the worst thing that we can do is have somebody cross that mountain, that river, that, you know, that divide to come to us. And then we are haughty with them um, you know, it reminds me of something, you know, Craig Douglas said, you know, are you something I paraphrase? Are you, you know, trying to do something? Or are you trying to be somebody? Are you trying to be something? And so when we, you know, when we get guys in our class, we try to, you know, work a lot of that out of them. And sometimes we're good and sometimes we don't. Sometimes we have one guy who took our class and then afterward he sent, you know, because um, we, we asked for an evaluation from everybody, even if they tear us apart and he kind of did. And he said, you know, basically if I got to do all of this, you know, essentially touchy feely stuff, um, then I don't want to teach. And uh, me and Tiff were first, we were hurt. And then we thought about it. We were like, no, that's exactly what we want to happen. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, if, if we can, you know, dissuade somebody like that, then, you know, and then maybe he needs to teach, you know, intermediate and advanced students where you can kind of do that kind of thing, you know, but, but we have to remember anybody that we turn away from the second amendment and turn away from gun culture, man, is hurts us in the long run, hurts us and it hurts our kids and our grandkids. Yeah, that's really tough. Yeah, it's going to, I think it's going to continue to be an uphill battle, but I see more and more people getting into it. And I think there's a lot of folks out there that are just kind of trying to figure out exactly what they can do to help. Right. So, so I'll ask some questions. Okay. Um, let's see. So like, of course, as far as like helping to protect our second amendment rights, I think the easy answer is to join an organization, you know, like the join, I mean, dare I say it, join the NRA, uh, but there's probably, I'm not going to say better choices. There's, there's more variety like the National African-American Gun Association. There's the Firearms Policy Coalition. There's Gun Owners of America. But is there anything else? Like, what, besides just paying money to somebody, is there anything else we can do to get more involved? Be a nice person and take people out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, take people shooting. You know, um, be approachable. Be the kind of person that, you know, that people feel like they can come to you. And, you know, all, all politics is local you know, and, and ultimately in the end. And so, you know, Wes, you can do your part is, is why I look at everybody who comes out of every scared person who, you know, hates guns or whatever, is not sure about guns or is more, but more is afraid of guns. I feel like it is my job to, to try to assuage their fear some and try to turn them to our side. I, I actively seek to do that, you know? So there's joining organizations, which I think is, is exactly what you should do, just like you said, and there's plenty of them, join them all. Heck, you know what I'm saying? I'll support them all. And then, you know, do your own grassroots work that you can, even if it's, you know, putting out good videos on YouTube, if you can. I mean, if you probably get them taken, they probably get taken down now. But you know what I'm saying? Whatever you can do, you know, to, to, to put the good word out and 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 to look like one thing I, I, I try to we try to drive home to gateway instructors is sometimes they put on they think that they mean well. And so they go, okay, I need to wear my skill on me. I need to look like I know what I'm doing. So I'm all tactical out. And what they don't realize is that sometimes they don't realize that to the average person, we're scary. And so what, what I try to do is be relatable and look like everybody. So when I start talking about, and I'm a basic class, I'm not going to talk about, oh, I, I'm, you know, certified in this and I'm, you know, range master this and range master staff and blah, 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 blah. And I, I got this certification. You know what I tell them? I'm a granddad, you know, who just this morning had to take my two grandsons to, to, to you know, to school this morning, you know, and, and one of them threw water up against the back of my head, you know, and that, that's, <laughs> that's, you know, that's what most people can relate to. And if they can relate to you, then, hey, you know, they can see themselves in you. Then it's like, okay, then that guy, he's a normal guy and he can do that, you know? Down to little things like when we do basic classes, you know, my, I want my guns to stock and to look like theirs, you know, as opposed to doing super fast demos with with my Whizbang 3000, you know, with with the extended comp and special trigger and, and big old optic on top, you know, you know, I'll grab one of their firearms, you know what I'm saying? And but when I'm in basic classes, I want to look and be relatable as possible. So that's what, that's one of the things I think that we can do, you know, is to to spread this thing is to is to be be regular as Pat Rogers said, regular Earth people, or at least be able to do it and act that way as a tactic, 
You know, we, we're, we're tactical people. We should understand, all right? You know, I understand how you feel about it, but how about a nice tactic where we can, if you use good tactics, you get an advantage and you can win, you know? So, you know, let's go out there and, and look like regular people and be nice and, and, and you know, let your all your gun knowledge make you a nice person instead of full of hubris. It should humble you. I mean, I, the more I learn about this stuff and the more I do it, the more humble I am, I become, I hope, you know, if anybody, if that's not the case, then please, I, I, I um, give anybody permission to check me on that. One thing I found about going to all these like gun schools and classes and stuff is the more, the more I learn about guns, the more I end up ticking away about just people, you know, because like, yeah, we're, there are schools that teach you how to shoot guns better. And then there are schools that teach you how to survive violent encounters better, you know? So that's pretty interesting. Um, so as far as that goes, like, as far as like, when it comes down to gateway instruction, um, like, what would you consider a gateway student? Are we talking about like a person that's their very first time touching a gun is with you today? Or, or maybe just someone that recently had training? Both. Uh, um, it depends on where they are, what their skill levels are, what their exposure is and how much they've done it. So we're talking about somebody who may not have ever even touched a gun. And, and for our class, you don't have to show up with anything. You know what I'm saying? We got a gun. We got a class called how to shoot a handgun that tends to, you know, sell. Um, we keep the class small um, and they show up and they don't have to bring anything but a positive attitude. That's it. Um, all the way up to people who have have touched a gun, but it was 20 years ago. Somebody may have touched a gun last week and had piss poor instruction. Not only that, but, you know, if you know anything about this and, and adult learning theory and andragogy and all that stuff that I'm learning you know, as I deal with Tom and Tiff and people like that is that how much do people retain after a class? You know, um, after, you know, I, I, one of the things we remind these gateway instructors is, is the first class is a field trip. They're not going to walk away. We acknowledge, we believe as you know, you and I, you know, tactical shooters, the guys who are in this thing, gun guys, instructors that you know one class is not going to make one of the first things i tell people is you know becoming a responsibly armed american is a process and not a class okay which means this class today guys is a field trip you know what i'm saying so what am i selling in that class i'm selling dopamine I'm selling dope i want them to feel better i want them to enjoy themselves so that they do what you know what even if it's six months or a year later they go i had a good time in that class. i'm gonna go back and learn more about that kind of stuff that's how we do it. Um, and so it doesn't matter where they are. We've we've had I've had people come to us and go, you know, they were with some other instructor who was, you know, you know, you got to kill, 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 kill. And, and I'm like, there's a place for that. But, you know, when they first walk in the door, mm, you know, um, you got to meet people where they are. Um, remember, the whole concept behind this is that we're behind the eight ball, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So what do we need to do to get from behind it? If, if we're if we're the majority, then we don't have to worry about it, you know, more or less. Then, hey, you know, you need us more than we need you. But at this point now, um, you know, us Second Amendment people, you know, we're in we're in a defensive posture. That's just the truth about it. And so we need to start, you know, being more tactical in that regard. So gateway a gateway student is anybody who, you know, needs basic level or basic understanding of, of firearm safety and, and firearm safety nomenclature, you know, shooting um, marksmanship, shooting mechanics, all that type of stuff. Anything that's, that's
that that's baseline is is I consider a gateway student. So a gateway student would be all the way up to, you know, intermediate. Honestly, you know, well, no, basic is a little different. Once they come through the gateway, you know, we want to be gateway people, not gatekeepers. That's Tiff's thing, you know. what I'm saying so. Once they get in, and then hopefully maybe they start taking other classes and they're enjoying themselves, then maybe they're no longer a gateway student. But good question. I hadn't really thought about that one before. But so yeah, you know, the difference between a you know, gateway and maybe a basic student. Yeah, I just, I don't know. It kind of, because we may think of some folks as gateway uh, gateway students or gateway instructors. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it just kind of, I don't know, is that really gateway instruction? So they're just interesting to kind of think about. And, you know, I don't know, maybe it kind of helps to, I don't know, better, better to define the target audience, so to speak. You know what I mean? Yeah, we're the on ramp. Once they get on the highway and they decide they're on, then then they're no longer gateway. But we're we're oh, the on ramp. Yeah. Meaning we, it's not just you know, it's really trying to get them to um, become even a small part of the gun culture. That's the goal ultimately. It's for them to become part of the gun culture. Now they may or may not do that, but at least what we can do is make sure that they have a welcoming presence when they when they when they decide to stick their head in the door that's all so you know we walk out and say hey how you doing you know well you know what do you think about think about coming in here let me make it easy for you let me make you have a good time how can i make you comfortable that kind of thing okay hmm. and hopefully they take it from there and if we've given them a positive experience if they run into negative experiences hopefully that positive experience will buffer them in those times you know me and you have always run into people that we didn't mean have liked or didn't get along with in the industry or had a bad instructor or something like that but you weigh that against you know the good times that you've had and the fun people that you've met and the people who are nice to you and, and it and it keeps you going you know and so hopefully we can give them something like that because yeah. everybody kind of remembers their first teacher, you know, I mean, just like you kind of remember your kindergarten teacher, right? You know, so you kind yeah. of, yeah, you kind of remember your first teacher and how, and if nothing else, how they made you feel. Like I can remember, you know, Miss Ripchinski, you know, <laughs> God bless Miss Ripchinski, wherever she is out there, you know, and then, and actually my favorite teacher ever, and I'm a guy with a, with a college degree is Miss Santiago, who was my fifth grade teacher, I think. I think she was my fifth or sixth grade teacher, but she, in fact, uh, she's in Atlanta and we actually caught up again later on. In fact, I got to call her. I need to get in touch with her. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, people, you, you know, you impact people early in the process and you can have a greater impact than even, you know, as, 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 as they go down the line or as they get into the culture. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sometimes I get frustrated by like this is pure confession time. OK, um, right. sometimes I get frustrated when when I teach permit classes and introductory classes because you know, it's very, very uh, seldom that we ever see those guys ever again. Right. And, you know, like we'll have a permit class of, I don't know, let's call it like 15 students. Right. And I might see maybe one or two, two of those guys again, like not even for a class, just to come back in to buy ammo, you know, right. just to come in to practice. Right. And, you know, I always kind of wondered, like, I, I even asked some of these folks like at the end of class, Hey, are we going to see you again? You know, what, what are you signed up for next? You know, like you, are, are you going to keep in touch with us or, you know, whatever else have you. And they swear up and down. Yeah. I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back. And they never come back. So yeah. is it, it's interesting. Um, is it something that we're doing or is it something that 
is a human phenomenon or like why aren't people coming back to class? That's I, I think it's human nature. I mean, think about it. I'm former law enforcement. We know that most of the guys who are cops out there, the gun is like the radio. They could care less about it. A lot of the guys that I work with in Buffalo Police Department, for example, and this was, you know, and I'm talking about people I worked with in a pretty busy house. You know, I'm talking about, you know, we would, you know, 20, 30 calls a night. And a lot of these guys didn't carry a gun off duty. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's, there's, it's, it's, you know, it, if you think about what it takes to not to think, you know, hey, all right, you know, most people just play the odds. You know, it's easier. You know, now once they feel like those odds are shrinking, you know, or their, you know, their risk profile is going up, then maybe they might decide to throw a gun on or whatever. But most people just want to have it as the option. But right now, if you think about it, things are, things are more. How should I say it? There's more crime out there than most people think you know, a lot more crime than most people think, but the odds are still, you know, one or two in your life that you would be, depending on where you are, obviously, you know, you're in your life, you know, um, the odds are still that you won't, you know, that you, that you die in front of your grandkids, you know what I'm saying, in a hospital somewhere maybe now, and think about where you live, you live in Memphis, you know, you know, I trained federal guards in Memphis and they can't shoot. <laughs> Say and 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 I tell them I said, "Gosh, you're in Memphis," and, and they they acknowledge it. Some of them, you know, they've seen all kinds of crazy stuff, you know. But again, they you know people just it's a lot easier to say it's a lot easier that thing. Um, well, it's not denial and defensive ego, William April, but it's that thing where you just you know it's easier to say, "Nah, it won't happen to me," and then hope, you know, and just hope and wish and and that it won't. You know, so I, if though it's frustrating, you know, it, it took me a while, um, you know, but, um, you know, it's, it's, you gotta, it, it took me a while to, to get my head around the fact that what we do is a quantity thing and not a, and not a I mean, quality thing and not a quantity thing, you know, so, but yeah, it's frustrating because, you know, you guys like you and I want everybody to be okay, but, you know, I had to get my head around the fact that, you know, it's a choice. And and if I am about what I'm about, then I'm also, you know, about the choice to not do it, you know, to, to you know, the Second Amendment applies to people who don't believe in the Second Amendment, you know, and then sometimes things happen where they change their mind. Like you was there, you and I were there in 2020 <laughs> when all of a sudden permit classes are full and I had people waiting outside my door the morning of the class hoping they could get a seat, you know, and. You know, but then when things get better, people feel like things are better. That's the important part. When they feel like things are better, then, you know, learning to defend yourself takes skill. And, and, and you know, so they go, they get the gun just in case, you know, and, then if, and most of them feel like that's enough. And the way it is right now for most of them, that is enough. You know, they just play the odds and hope that nothing bad happens. And, and nothing does until it does. That's <laughs> <laughs> so. I mean, think yeah. about, I mean, I remember you telling us your story about, you know, I mean, you were a Marine and, you know, you took it serious once things started happening in the neighborhood, you know, with your house and everything, you know, and that's when all of a sudden those, you know, you became a motivated student, you know, and, and you know, we are, for me, for me, I was a police officer raised by a man who, you know, who was, who was a firearms instructor, um, gotten, you know, it, it took me, it took the third time I had to pull a gun out off duty 
um, after having had to shoot twice for me to go, I need to get better. I need to go get training. So it didn't happen the first time. You, you know what I mean? You know, no. you know, it didn't happen the second time. It happened after the third time when the gun came out and I thought I was going to have to use it again. And I was like, holy crap, I need to, I got to get better. You know, I got to, this is crazy, you know? And so, um, you know, I, I think that's just human nature. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense. Like, come to think of it, it seems like it's, it almost has to hit home. You know what I mean? Like, right. like for instance, you know, you had the Eliza Fletcher incident that happened here in Memphis. Right. And, um, you know, you have, like, other stuff that happens. And it's like, you have the 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 the, the mass shooter in uh, the Collierville Kroger. Mm-hmm. And it almost seems like, you know, there's this this trigger event where, you know, I have to remember that this thing is mirrored. You have this trigger event, right, where, you know, people start thinking about it. Right. And then, you know, that's where it's really, really close to home because, you know, right. some folks will be like, I live in Carrierville, or some folks will be like, you know, I look like Eliza Fletcher. Right. And, you know, there's this space in between where, you know, like shortly after that event, that's where they're highly motivated. And the thing is, though, after that, it just kind of dies off. If it falls out of short term memory, then it seems like, you know, if it's out of sight, out of mind, so to speak. Right. You know, so, yeah, it's pretty interesting. And, um, and then think what it takes to bring a gun into your life, Mikos. I mean, you're talking about the dangerous instrument, you know, that people have seen on television, kids shooting, you got to lock the thing up. You got to make sure that they don't have access to it. You know, there's a lot that kind of goes into it. And oftentimes people aren't quote unquote afraid enough yet, you know what I'm saying? Or, you know, or value it enough yet, where they feel like they need to, to do that kind of work, to put that kind of work into it, you know? So, um, yeah. And sometimes it takes, you know, scary moments for people to all of a sudden prioritize it, but, you know, but then after a while, what happens? Everybody, you know, kind of settles down again and, you know, go back to grazing, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And then it's back to business as usual. Right. So, yeah, pretty interesting. So, man, you got me some, you have some really cool stuff for me to think about as far as, you know, uh, gateway instruction is concerned. And also this really cool stuff to think about as far as, you know, um, you know, widening the two-way tent, so to speak, you know, being able to reach um people that may not necessarily be in your demographic category so to speak i don't know how to say it you know um, you could you could be a white gun owner trying to figure out okay like i don't i don't think that any of these folks are purposely trying to separate themselves from minorities they just right. don't know how to exactly. speak to us which is if you think about it is a remnant of our history you know of, of segregation in places like that that we don't know each other. And so that's changing. You know, I mean, that, that's literally changing. And so as that happens, you know, more and more people are, you know, if you think about the mindset of a person nowadays compared to the mindset of a person in antebellum America, for example, you know, as far as how they see us, how we see them, a lot of that stuff, we don't know each other, you know. And I mean, I came up in Buffalo, which is always ranks in the top five of the most racially segregated cities in America. And, you know, we didn't really, the only time I knew them, was in high school. When I went back to the hood, when I went back, I grew up in a pretty rough hood. And when I went back to where I live, you know, there wasn't no, it was, I didn't see any white people at all. You know what I'm saying? And so I didn't have, you know, I came up thinking, for example, that all white people had money, 
you know what I'm saying? You know, I don't, I don't, they were all rich or they all had everything, you know, maybe that was because the kids in my school, I don't know. I did, I've come to find out later on as I made friends with these kids, that these kids had the same problems I had, but I didn't know that, you know, and because like I said, we yeah. weren't, we weren't integrated like that. So as we integrate that way too, more, right. As we integrate more and more as a society, we start to see that everybody's got those issues. We can relate more to people. Um, and, and it's up to guys like, you know, you and I to play the ambassador role that we're playing. You know, the people see you doing the things that they see you doing. There's people out there. And that's what, you know, why Marcus Ziegler stuff hit me so hard is because they realized that there's people watching us that you don't even think are watching you. So what you're doing now, this thing here that, you know, this is why when you ask me, of course, I got to do this, man, because this is this is part of that. This is your, this is one of your great contributions, one of many contributions you made to this thing. This is a part of it. Man, this, thank you. <laughs> Ak, um, man, I've really enjoyed this conversation. Like, this has been really, really cool. Um, so you have a couple of courses out there that I'm personally very interested in. And I think that a lot of other people, like our listeners and our viewers, will be interested in as well. There's the, uh, there's the Gateway uh, Instructor Certification Program. And then there's also Widening the 2A Tent, which is uh, basically, like, is it, are you doing those in person or is it just webinar format or what? It's it's I think that's free on uh, Citizen Safety Online. Um, that's just a community service thing. And we often give that speech when we're asked to. For example, we gave it at TACCON a few times and you know, there's people who give it. We I think Tiff gave something similar at a girl in the gun conference. And it's just our thing, you know, our thing to to the gun community um, for people who, like you said, most of them want to be inclusive, but don't know how is to tell them to reach across the aisle, you know, and to, and to um, invite people, you know, don't just say, Hey, well, I'm here and anybody can come shoot with me, you know, and hang out with me. And they may not know that. So you have to sometimes if you, you know, remember tactics and just say, Hey, all right, I might need to reach out here and bring more people in, you know, um, to this thing. So if you reach out, um, and expect some of them to be skittish, you know, because, you know, they, they don't know. And you know you're a good person. They don't know you're a good person, you know. So um, that that's so, that, so it's it's it it's, sits there on the website as in a webinar. You know, it's a webinar. I'm not a webinar, but like a brief presentation on the website that people can see as a recording. Um, but we do give that presentation in places when when request when requested. So. So why need a two-way tent? That's free. That's on your, mm -hmm. dude. That's I'm I'm gonna yeah, I might watch that. Some of those things we do that, <laughs> that and and we also have like you know how to you know unload a firearm, how to clear a firearm, things like that. Safety rules. In fact, I think I got to put a safety rules one on there. But those things we consider um, community service things. You know, saying that that's that's something that you know, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't feel right charging you know for um, you know me I, I'm. I understood when you had an issue with charging for the stuff because I have a problem with it too. It's just I got to keep the lights on, you know. So you know you got to do it to some extent, especially me at this point now when I'm not doing anything but this. So I, you know, I actually have to charge for it. But there's things that you know that I would do. I mean, it's a calling for me, you know. And I think you you're in that boat, you know. It's a calling for us. I I teach in the parking lot for free. You know, I would, I, you know, I'm yeah. just, yeah, I, I teach people how to defend themselves in the parking lot for absolutely nothing. If I could still eat and do that, you know, let's do, you know, but um, some things I just don't feel right charging for. And that was one of them, you know, so. 
Yeah, I definitely 100% feel that. Man, tell you what. Um, let's see. How can people get a hold of you if they have questions or if they want to reach out to you? Like uh, we have uh, an email, right? Email is best. Info at citizens safety. Info at citizens safety dot com um, through the website contact form um, that goes to me and Tiff. We both see that email um, and, you know, we, we're happy to help in any way, you know, because we just love doing this. Um, so if anybody has any questions about anything um, that we can help with, we will do it. And if not, then we'll push you on the people who we think can, you know, because like I said, um, one of the biggest things, as you know, from the gateway thing that we do is, uh, you know, no ego. You know, there's no ego in this for us, none whatsoever. You know, so um, we we do the best we can. The only thing that stops us is time. You know, not having enough time and not having enough resources. But anything that we can do to help people, we will. Absolutely. And um, I know you guys are on Facebook. Um, any other socials like Instagram? Oh, I'm or terrible with them. I, it's funny. <laughs> this past weekend, I was uh, AIing Tom for a combative pistol. Um, so. We were talking during the break and we were like, I don't know how, I guess you have to hire, I, I'm not, I don't have enough money to hire a consultant or somebody just come to my events. And and I know there's people who do it and do it quite well. I think maybe I'm just too old, uh, you know, or I just, it's hard for me to just talk about myself all the time, you know, and go, hey, let me, this is what I'm doing today. This is what I'm doing today. I know it's good business. I mean, it's funny because right before um he passed, um you know, RIP to um, the late James Yeager, you know, we, he came and brought his cadre to us to teach, and we had a wonderful time with him. Um, I consider him an OG in the game, you know, and uh, as we sat there and we was talking, you know, he was talking about social media, and I was saying how, you know, I said, you know, I'm, I'm pretty bad at it. And he was like, you know, you, so I don't like using it. He said, you don't like money. <laughs> in his own in his own way, you know how he is, you know what I'm saying? But, so we do a little Facebook, you know, I got an Instagram page, but I'm, in fact, I got, I'm gonna try to get. I've been trying to con Monique Clark into helping me with my with my Instagram page, so that we get some get some stuff on there. You know, I I do do a little Facebook. It's funny when I talk to my kids about it. You know, especially the young ones. They like you know all old people on Facebook. You know, and, and they're right. Yeah, you know, they're right. I so. mean. <laughs> Where's the law? Yeah, they, you know, I don't know. They might be on TikTok now. I don't know. You know, so if I was talking to somebody the other day, they said, "Man, you gotta get on TikTok." I'm like, uh, you know, I, I, like I said, hopefully I'll be able to sell enough classes that I can hire a consultant, somebody to do it for me. But if that doesn't happen, it's chances, you know. So we're on Facebook. We do have a Twitter. I don't use it. Um, we do have an Instagram, and I occasionally I throw stuff up there when I remember. But it's it's spotty. Okay. So Facebook, email, I'm going to put that up on the, uh, also particularly the website. I'm going to put that in the description uh, for the podcast and the YouTube videos. That way people can get a hold of you. Okay. Man, Ak, this was a wonderful night. Thanks a bunch for coming on tonight, man. And it's my pleasure, brother. I couldn't do no less. Um, you know, we, you know, we go back now, man. And you know, say, I remember when you came to our class, man, and, and you've always supported us, been a big supporter of us, man. And I'm 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 really happy, really, really happy about what's going on down there at Top Gun in Memphis, man. You know, with Will and 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 you guys. It's it's so nice to be able to say to guys who are in Memphis, just walk into Top Gun and ask for one of these dudes and they're gonna and know that they're gonna get the good stuff and they're gonna get it right. Um and they won't be treated improperly and things like that. And so it's just 
nice to know these guys. It's also nice that he, you know, you know, create another place for the old old mothership crew to hang out, man, so that those guys got a place to get in there and, and, and share their knowledge. So it's wonderful what they're doing down there, man. And like I said, it's, if it wasn't in Memphis, man, I, I, I might even move move closer. <laughs> <laughs> Live in the suburbs, you know? Yeah, man. Yeah, I, we got to go in Memphis, man. Memphis is wow. <laughs> it's a different planet there man it's it's wild yeah it's wild but uh yeah man thanks for coming on um folks if you're listening or if you're watching i just want to thank you for spending your time with us you could have spent your time doing anything with anyone anywhere and you're spending it with us watching us and part of this discussion and i just want to let you know how much i appreciate it thanks a bunch folks thanks, thanks for watching welcome to memphis